toward everybody. Feels good. What a beautiful presence of the Lord in this place this morning. Good to see all of you here this morning. Good to see Brother Brother Buxton and Brother Cessna. Love them very much. Honor them this morning and give honor to my pastor for another opportunity to minister to you. I will be very quick here this morning and read out of the book of Hebrews uh, chapter 11, which is where Brother Grant was just at. haven't had to preach after a baby dedication before, but I have realized that that is the main show. So I'm going to hurry up and deliver what the Lord I felt place on my heart and let everybody get out of here. Amen. Hebrews chapter 11. And we'll read verse, let me get there. Hebrews chapter 11, let's read verse 8 to verse 10. The Bible says, Faith Abraham, when he was called to go out into a place which he should receive for inheritance, obeyed. He went out not knowing whither he went. By faith he sojourned in the land of promises in a strange country, dwelling in tabernacles with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs with him of the same promise. For he looked for a city which hath foundations, whose builder and maker is God. Let's go before the Lord in prayer, and you may be seated. We love you. Thank you, Lord, for your precious spirit this morning. I pray you help me to minister your word. Touch every honest heart this morning. In Jesus' name I pray. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. <clears throat> you may be seated. In the fear of the Lord, I have heard, uh, all of us have heard the saying that seeing is believing. Our world operates in this. We all have family and friends and acquaintance that say this quite often that I won't believe it until I see it. And I've been guilty myself of saying this many times in the past. And we have said it, and we have heard our friends and co-workers or acquaintance say this. I don't believe he or she has changed until I see it, or I don't believe this or that event has happened until I see it. How many of us have friends that say, you won't believe the buck that I saw when I was out hunting? And many of us would say, well, do you have a picture? Well, no, I don't. I just saw it. Well, that doesn't do you any good unless you have a picture and unless it's in your freezer. So unless I see it, I I won't believe it. And so our physical world operates in this realm um, of science where it says that unless I see it with a microscope or a telescope, I won't believe it. There are people around us, people we work with, and people that we come across that live and depend on their senses. The Bible talks about two different realms, the realm of faith and the realm of sight. And so people who uh, uh, trust what their eyes can see or what their ears can hear or what their hands can touch live in the realm of sight. And so, and if you struggle with this this morning, I want you to know you're not alone. The great apostle Thomas struggled with the same thing. As a matter of fact, after the resurrection, when all the apostles were gathered together in a room, <clears throat> the Lord appeared unto them and they all got to uh, see his scars and push their hands into his side. But, and when they tried to tell Thomas, he was the only one missing that morning for church. And so when they tried to tell Thomas, he says, and he quotes, unless I see the nail marks in his hands and put my finger where his nails have been and put my hands into his side, I will never believe. You see, the great apostle Thomas is just like a lot of us that say, unless I see it, I'm not going to believe it. And, I have, and I've been guilty of this myself and every single one of us has. The problem with living in this world of sight and physical senses is that we're missing out on a whole nother realm and the world in which God operates. And most people go about their everyday lives and follow 
after the sights and sounds of their senses. Some live their whole lives and never know that there is another realm of which they are missing out on, a realm that they cannot see, and so they go through life and miss out on it completely. Jesus taught in the book, in the gospel of Mark, chapter 4, verse 11 through 12, it says, the mystery of the kingdom of God has been given to you, but to those on the outside, everything is expressed in parables so that they may be ever seeing but never perceiving and ever hearing but never understanding. Otherwise, they might turn and be forgiven. And what Jesus was trying to let them know is that there are two worlds at work here that they do not see. There are two realms at work. And when I teach in parables, I teach in the physical sense of things, but that there are spiritual applications tied to the physical things that I teach. I'm not just talking about sowing seed. I'm talking about investing and winning souls and the word of God falling on the hearts of men. I'm not just talking about the pearl of great price of which a merchant, when he sees, sells everything that he has. That is the physical, but the spiritual application to that is that once you find the kingdom of God, you're willing to give up everything in order to attain it. It is the treasure hidden in the fields. These are spiritual things, that these physical things that have spiritual applications. That's why the Lord, after he teaches, we see him consistently say, let him that hath an ear, let him hear the word of God. Man, I'm not just talking about the physical Things, let him who can see see beyond the physical. Let him who can reach reach into the realm of the invisible, because that's where God resides. And so, what I felt this morning to preach uh, uh, is um, um, what I felt this morning to preach uh, uh, is that our world and everything around us tells us, unless I see it. I'm not going to believe it. And they say that seeing is believing in this world. But in, in that's not how God operates. That is not how the church operates. That is not how faith operates. But instead, it is the exact opposite. It says that believing is seeing. And unless you believe, you will not see. Thomas, because you have seen me, you have believed. But he said, blessed are those who have not seen me and yet believe. And if you believe in God this morning, God says you are more blessed than the Apostle Thomas. You are more blessed than the apostles who have felt and walked and seen the Lord because your faith is greater than theirs to believe in something that you cannot see because believing is seeing. I cannot begin to talk about faith without getting in, begin to talk about Abraham. He is the father of the faithful. As a matter of fact, every Jew, every Christian, and every Muslim will tell you uh, that Abraham is their father. He is their patriarch. But before Abraham was ever Abraham and father of the faithful, we find scripture. I was looking at it yesterday that it wasn't Abraham. He was called Abram. He was not the father of the faithful right off the bat. It took several chapters before he became Abraham. Uh, Why? Why was his name Abram? And it took a while for it to be changed to Abraham. And I learned and in my study found that Abraham wasn't always faithful to God. 
Abraham made some terrible mistakes in his life, but one of the greatest mistakes he made that we still suffer today was his decision because God told him that the promise of, of, of the Messiah, I mean, the promise is going to come through Sarah, his wife, who at that time was barren, and, and, and Abraham was already stricken in age, and as time elapsed, they got impatient, and so Sarah looked at Hagar, the handmaid, and said, why don't you go into her and, and so then we can achieve this promise uh, that God uh, is talking about. Uh, and so, and, and Abraham was just as fa- at fault uh, because he understood what God told him, yet he decided to take a shortcut. Uh, and in doing so, he created Ishmael. Uh, and we know through the lineage uh, that Ishmael is modern day Islam. And there are contentions in the Middle East. I asked a a doctor the other day, I said, will there ever be peace in the Middle East? And out loud, he said, never will there be peace as long as the Jews occupy Jerusalem. And God said that he will dwell with his brother and his hand will be against everybody and everyone's hand will be against him. And we have radical terrorists in our world because of a decision a man made thousands of years ago instead of waiting for the promise of God. See, that's the product that we create when we take matters into our own hands. And we rely on physical sense instead of having faith in God. This is the story of those who live their lives by what they see. They live their lives with faith only in themselves. They have dreams and goals and promises that they're chasing after. And they're hoping to produce Isaacs. But instead, they keep producing Ishmael's. The funny thing about Ishmael is that he's flesh and he has blood like the promise. He's a son like the promise. He looked and he smelled and he even felt like the promise when Abraham would run his hands through Ishmael's head. But the truth of the matter is that in the DNA of Ishmael, he was not the promise of God. And people go through life uh, trying to chase after Isaac, uh, wanting Isaac, uh, hoping for Isaac. uh, But out of their own self-desire and and their own self-doings, they produce Ishmael's. Oh, I've got to hurry. And Ishmael looks like Isaac. Amen. But he is not the promise. He looks like happiness, but he's not true happiness. He looks like joy, but he's not true joy. He looks like satisfaction, but he's not truly satisfaction. He looks like peace, but he really is in peace. This is why people go from job to job, career to career, marriage to marriage, church to church. They're looking for Isaac, but what they keep finding is Ishmael because they're trying to do things themselves. Mm, my God, I feel the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. I don't feel, I don't know who it is I'm speaking to, but you've got to be careful. You're about to make a decision because you've waited on God long enough, and it seems like he hasn't responded to you, and you're about to take matters into your own hands. But I feel an unction to tell you this morning, be careful. You're going to make an Ishmael. And Ishmael has repercussions. Ishmael has consequences. Ishmael will affect you from generations to come. Hallelujah. And we produce Ishmael. And Ishmael 
once it is produced, will always fight against Isaac. He will always fight against the promise that God has given to you. And so how do you know the difference between what is Ishmael and what is Isaac? It's simple. It's simple. The difference is that Isaac is in the word of God. Ishmael is produced outside the word of God. If it's in the word of God, listen, if it's in the word of God, if you say in the word of God, you will always produce Isaac. But if you ever venture outside of what his word says and outside of his promises, I don't care what it is you're trying to do. I don't care what it is you're trying to accomplish. The end result will always be Ishmael, and it will not be what you thought it was going to be. The Bible says faith cometh by hearing uh, and hearing uh, by the word of God. Uh, And I want to continue to tell somebody, Abraham may not have been perfect. Uh, He might not have always been faithful. uh, But I want you to know he served a God that was perfect. He served a God that was faithful. As a matter of fact, uh, it was right after the birth of Ishmael uh, that in the very next chapter, Abraham's name was changed. And so God changed uh, Abraham's name, uh, Abram, to Abraham uh, after one of the worst mistakes he made. Uh, And I want to tell somebody, God loves you uh, despite the Ishmael's in your life. He will still change your name uh, despite your mistakes, uh, despite your failures. Uh, God still saw Isaac uh, in the midst uh, of an Ishmael mistake. And just because you made a mistake, and just because you failed, and just because you faltered, and you produce Ishmael, does not mean God has cut you off from his promise. You're not going to deter God that easy. God's not going to give up on you that easy. Oh, I'm preaching to somebody in the Holy Ghost. You have no idea. Paul said just how high, just how deep, just how wide the love of God is. You can't go right far enough that he can't reach you. Uh, You can't go left far enough that God can't reach you. My God, have mercy. You can't uh, go low enough uh, that God can't pull you out of where you're from. Hallelujah. And God was faithful to Abraham uh, despite his unfaithfulness to God. Hallelujah. And so Abraham, we find... My pages are flying everywhere. I don't know where I am in my notes. Let's just keep going. As long as I'm getting to the finish line. Look, two more pages. Amen. This last night I was pacing the floor trying to pray. And the, thing, the hardest thing ministering the word of the Lord is to find the mind and the will of God for a service. Everything else after that falls in line. And so I was in the middle of praying and seeking the Lord and my daughter was tugging at my my leg or my arm to do, do things, and so it was kind of hard. But in the midst of praying and trying to seek the will of God, I couldn't get God's calling of Abraham out of my mind. I felt the Lord impress on my spirit. There's somebody here this morning. You're trying to step out in faith. You know the story of Abraham very quickly. Very quickly, his father was Terah. He had two brothers. Their name was Nahor and Haran. His nephew's name was Lot. They lived in Ur of the Chaldees. 
And it was a land that was familiar. It was a home that was familiar to Abraham. It was where he was comfortable. It was and represented the known and the comfortable for Abraham. And he would have been very content to stay there. As a matter of fact, they had a lot of livestock and they had a lot of land. The family farm was his for the taking. It would have been just handed to him. He could have lived comfortably. He could have, it could have been passed on over to him. He could have kept the traditions of his family. But somewhere there was a God who looked from heaven and saw something greater in Abraham that his family could not see. And even when his family would not have, would have been content with Abraham staying put and carrying on the traditions and the values of, of, of what he has always known, God looked through the sands of time and he saw a man that was righteous and he saw a man that had potential. He saw somebody that could carry his name. And so the Bible says in Genesis chapter 12, In verse 1, Genesis chapter 12 and verse 1, Now the Lord has said unto Abram, Get thee out of thy country and from thy kindred and from thy father's house unto a land that I will show thee. And let me tell you this morning that the first step that is required in living for God is that it, 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 is, that it is separating yourself from what is familiar and what is comfortable. And to venture out into something you've never done or been before. In the last couple of weeks, I've seen a lot of people come in. I've seen beautiful families. The Lord wants me to tell you you're doing the right thing. I know this is unfamiliar. You're not used to feeling this. You're not used to this kind of preaching. You're not used to this kind of experience. And you're doubting if this is right. But let me tell you, it's the first step to finding the will of God for your life. You've got to separate yourself. That's what I had to do. Raise the tradition of Catholicism. And somewhere along the line, I had to separate myself with as much respect to my father as I could. And I sought after something I really didn't understand. I really didn't know. But I felt God telling me it is the truth. And not only me, uh, but Brother Grant uh, and Sister Grant uh, and anybody who's first generation uh, will tell you uh, somewhere along in their experience uh, they had to push aside everybody else uh, because God spoke to them uh, and they have experienced something uh, that they can't fathom. And you feel like you're supposed to be what dad's supposed to be. And you feel like you are supposed to be what mom's, what mom has always been. Uh, and you're supposed to maintain the same tradition uh, and the same values. Uh, and, 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 and if your family didn't live for God, uh, you, you have no right to live for God. Uh, the devil is a liar. God is trying to change your family. He's trying to change your legacy. He's trying to change your family tree. I wish you would step out in faith uh, and not be afraid to trust him. At his word. Hallelujah. If you were asked me 10 years ago, if I saw myself where I am, no, I wouldn't. I had no idea what I was doing. Had nanny, no idea what y'all were all about. All I knew was God spoke to me. 
in my heart and in my spirit and what I felt and God has spoken to some of you in your hearts uh, and in your spirit uh, and you know this is truth uh, oh, but you've got skeptics uh, and you've got critics uh, and you've got naysayers uh, who say oh you're going to bring your family to church that won't last very long good luck uh, but I, I'm going against them this morning uh, to tell them uh, amen uh, to tell you uh, that God will honor you uh, and God will bless you uh, if you'll just step out the Bible says uh, that Sarah in Genesis chapter 11 verse 33 uh, it one one verse was dedicated to her it said and Sarah was barren and had no children but at that moment they were in Ur of the Chaldees uh, but the moment Abraham said no we're not staying here anymore it's not, it hasn't worked uh, amen I've tried this uh, my family is still barren my situation is still barren everything is still hopeless uh, and the moment and Abraham got up uh, and took the first step towards Canaan. Uh, all of a sudden, God said, uh, now I'm going to bless you with children. Well, I came to tell somebody, you've been barren for a long time. Uh, you've been trying other things for a long time. Uh, you've done different things for a long time. Uh, and it's barren. Uh, and you're still in Ur of the Chaldees. Uh, but if you get up uh, and walk by faith uh, and step into the promise uh, that God has for you, my God, I feel the Holy Ghost. God have mercy. Woo! I got to calm down. This is, this is too much after a baby dedication. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Oh, you've tried everything. Let's all stand this morning. I'm closing. I'm closing. I want to encourage somebody. I don't know who you are. I want to tell you and your family, you are making the right decision. That this is the first step. Your family, your friends, your acquaintance don't understand what it is you're doing. Hallelujah. Hebrews, Hebrews 11, Hebrews 11 verse 6, But without faith it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. This is, my, this is what the commentary uh, that I have in my Bible says. Faith has two components, the belief that God is. You've got to believe that he is everything you need for him to be. You have tried everything else. That wasn't it. But let me tell you, Jesus is. Jesus is everything you need and could want. In him is Isaac, and you'll never make an Ishmael. And the second component is the belief that he rewards those that diligently seek him. If you would believe he is and step out from where you are, God said, I will not let that act of faith be in vain. The fact that you're coming to church, just wait. God is going to start turning things around. The Bible says Abraham believed God and that was enough. God counted unto him for righteousness. If you don't know where to start, just believe that he is. Believe he can be. Believe that he is who he says he is. Hallelujah. If you believe he is He'll start turning things around. Your job, your situation, your circumstance.
Hallelujah. Oh, and so he steps out. And he couldn't see where it is he's going. Abraham, you must be losing your marbles. 75 years old, you're just going to take off. Some elder folks, never, they never find them. He's getting senile. But God spoke to me. And I'm stepping out in faith this morning. Oh, I feel impressed on me. If you'll step out this morning, God will honor you. He has already honored what it is you're doing. He's already honored your faithfulness. Some of you, God is already starting to turn things around. Investment in Him is not a waste. It's not a waste. And Abraham walked, and he didn't know where where it is that he was going, but he trusted that God would lead him there. I'm telling you, God will lead you if you trust him. God will guide you if you trust him. God will direct you if you trust him. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Let's close our eyes, every hand raised. Oh, we love you, Jesus. I feel faith in the house. Oh, I pray, oh God, that you help us, Lord, to trust in your word, to trust in your promises, to trust in your faithfulness, that, God, you're more worried about us being consistent than you are us being perfect. Consistently seek after him, church. Consistently seek after him, child of God. He will reward you. The time you spend getting to church is not wasted. The time you spend in prayer is not wasted. God is a rewarder. Those that seek him. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. 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 Jesus, thank you, Lord. Amen. Before I close, does anybody need prayer of any kind? We'll pray. Come up here. We'll we'll anoint you. We'll pray for you. Then we'll be dismissed. This is the environment in which God operates. The waters are being stirred. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord.